Hey guys, what's up? It's Faith from faithmaria.com. Welcome back to another episode of my Blogging Breakthroughs podcast. This episode was originally a Q&A that I recorded in my Blogging Breakthroughs Facebook group. I hope you enjoy it. If you have questions for me, please come join the Facebook group. I would love to have you in there. I'm here to support you. I'm here to help you. I'm here to help answer any questions that you have. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Hello, friends. If you guys have questions for me, just leave them in the comments and I'll try to answer them. Okay, so Chelsea says, I'm really stuck at figuring out a method to my madness, meaning I have so many ideas but struggle to get a plan of action or how to link them together. How do you develop a basic plan of action? So Chelsea, you need to figure out what is your goal? Where do you want to go? What do you want a year from now? Where do you want to be? And if you don't know the answer to that, you should not be taking action because you're not going, oh, from New Orleans. Hi, Allie. Hi, Cindy. Oh, hey, this is so fun. You guys are all on here. I was just like, no one's gonna come on here. I just got done walking my dog. If you don't know where you're going, you should not be taking action because you're not going to be making progress. Potentially, you could be making progress in the completely wrong way, right? And time, to me, the most valuable thing we have is time, right? Time is limited. Time is like my most valuable resource. It's all of our most valuable resource. We have so many things to do on this path that we're all walking, and we only have a finite amount of time. You cannot buy more time, right? We only have so many hours. So you want to make sure the time that you do have, you're spending wisely. So you need to figure out what is your outcome. You can't figure out where you should be spending your time if you're not clear on your outcome. And I mean, you need to be clear on your outcome. Like, what is your ultimate goal? Where do you really wanna be? And it needs to be really, really crystal clear. And then once you have that outcome, then you can kind of work backwards and ask yourself, you know, what could I do? I do 90 day goals, but you can do like a month or six months or, you know, what can I do in this next chunk of time that will move me towards my goal? And I'm always trying to find the leverage points, right? There's certain things, especially when you're online, there's certain things you can work on at certain times to move you forward faster, right? There's certain times where I'm like, I need to like hop on traffic. There are certain times where I'm like, I need to really focus on monetization. If I really focus on monetizing, my stuff, I know in the next, and I really focus on that for 90 days, I know I can really make big strides in my business. So I'm always trying to find those leverage points like where you can be effective, but you have to know your outcome. If you don't know your outcome, you're not gonna be able to figure it out, right? And then once you have your outcome, really ask yourself, like, try to find those leverage points, right? We don't always know like where they are, but you have to just kind of go, right? Don't be paralyzed in this. People get paralyzed in this thing of like, I have so many ideas and I don't know what to do and blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, you're just procrastinating. I don't care if you're a perfectionist or if you don't know your perfect plan or what. If you're not putting out content, you're wasting your damn time, like in my mind. It's all the same. I don't care like for what reason. I don't care, you know, if you have writer's block, if you don't think it's good enough, if you don't know the right answers, you're never gonna know the steps. You have to walk. And I talk about this a lot on the podcast, but that momentum will get you where you wanna go. You have to build momentum and you have to get momentum to get creative momentum and momentum in your business. You have to move forward. You have to be creating content. People get stuck because they're like, I don't know, you know, the exact business plan and I don't know the exact thing to do and I don't know the perfect blog categories. Before I started, I spent like two weeks trying to figure out what my blog categories were going to be. You know, that's procrastinating. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter. The only thing that matters in this game is like producing. 
are you moving forward? Are you making stuff? Are you building your business? Like, are you taking steps, right? If you're not moving, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're a perfectionist or whatever your deal is, right? The only thing that matters, the only thing that matters is outcome and producing content. You know, I don't know how else to say it, but you've got to, you've got to move, right? So this idea of like, I don't know the perfect thing. I don't know how to link them all together. You might not be able to figure it out before you start. Sometimes the best way to figure out your plan of action is to just start going. And it sucks because you're like, I don't want to waste my time and I don't want to do the wrong thing. But you'll never learn the lessons you need to get where you want to go if you're not moving. You've got to be moving forward. Do not get stuck in this place of fear, of procrastination, of feeling like you have to have the perfect plan. Just start going and and it'll be clear right i never would have got clarity around what i wanted to do if i hadn't started my business right so and people change all the time this is the other thing that holds people up people think they're like married to your blog like you're married to your your colors or your fonts or your your ideas like no like everything on the internet you can edit it like you can change it people rebrand people change their domains it's not like that big of a deal people i know people that have had multiple six-figure businesses and went into a totally different niche and started a new business like you are not married to this so don't put that pressure on on yourself where you're like i have to have it all figured out you don't have to have it all figured out but you got to be moving You've got to be walking. You've got to be making content. Like that's the name of this game. Like create a lot, like put your message out, get in front of as many people as you can. That's the name of this game, right? So I hope that's helpful. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I might've just like yelled at you. <laughs> okay, Ashley says, I'd love to hear more about your strategy. Have you ever had any major blogging breakthroughs after implementing a new strategy? So my biggest like jump I've ever had in my business, like really where I went from making like basically like no money to like a significant amount of money, that was like my biggest jump. I went like literally from like $0 to $5,000 a month, like, like in a week, like it was really, really crazy. Like in even less than $0. I was honestly spending money on the blog and not even making money for like 10 months. And then I got traction and I had this big jump, but a few things happen like for that to happen right so my traffic plan finally like paid off right my pinterest stuff finally took off and my traffic like went like this which is pretty normal on pinterest like you can make big jumps in traffic on pinterest so that happened but the reason i was able to bring in the money was because i had all this other stuff in place and i had done a couple things and i've talked about this before so i'm not going to go too much into it but i made specific opt-ins for every single post so if i had a post about anxiety you know, I made a special anxiety workbook or I made an anxiety checklist or I made something specific for that post that someone reading that post would want. And I gave that away as a freebie. And I mean, I have like, I probably made hundreds of opt-ins, you guys. Like it doesn't take that long to make a PDF. Like it's so worth it, especially when you're starting, your email subscribers are like gold. You've gotta be like aggressively going after email subscribers. So I didn't have very much traffic. So my strategy was to get as many email subscribers as I can with my tiny audience, right? So I was really trying to offer high value to get as many email subscribers as I could. And I really optimized that. And I was getting like, you know, a chunk of them. And since, so then when it was optimized and I was getting, you know, a certain percentage of people to opt into my list, when I got the traffic, my email list essentially took off. And then the second part of that is that I had a sales funnel. I had, I don't, this is like, if you guys like don't have audience, like I'm not telling you to like go make a sales funnel. Like that might not be a great strategy, but I had a sales funnel in place that worked. 
you guys can see what I do. I mean, go subscribe to my email list on RadicalTransformationProject.com. It's not a secret. And go subscribe like to your other bloggers that you know are making money and look at their email lists and look at how they're selling. So on mine, they get like a welcome sequence and then they get a flash sale and I offer them my best course at a really good price and I give them a bunch of bonuses and it's a time limited offer, right? So if you're making, if you're selling over email, you always need to give people a reason to buy. This is my course and you need to buy it now because if you buy it now, you get these bonuses, you get this discount, you know, this is the thing. And it's a good course and I stand by it and I love it and I give it to them at a great price and I give it to them with a ton of bonuses. So I'm excited to sell it. They're excited to buy it. You know, it's all good. So it goes, I had that email funnel set up. So all of those pieces came together and that was kind of my my strategy. And it, And it's still my strategy, right? I'm still doing those things. Like I'm still... I'm still messing with my opt-ins, trying to get as many email subscribers as I can. I'm still messing with traffic, trying to get as much traffic as I can. And I'm still messing with my funnel to get my funnel to convert as high as I can and get as many people to buy. Does that make sense? So that's my strategy. Like, to be honest with you, that's like basically all I do these days. <laughs> so I just focus on those things. Hi guys, I see you guys saying hi. I'm just in the middle of like a rant. Let me know if you guys need anything. I'm just gonna keep going through these questions. So I hope that helps as far as strategy. Do you do the flash sale right after the welcome sequence? Yeah. So the like your highest open rate is always your first email and then it kind of goes down from there. So if you guys sign up for my sequence, you'll see what I do. I think I do I give them something free, like something good. Like I think my first email they get access to like my resource library, which has a lot of good stuff in it, right? So I'm giving them value. My second email they get a free mini ebook that I'm made and they get uh, audio version of that as well for free. So I'm giving them free value, right? You, I'm not gonna pitch someone before I give them value, before they know who I am. So I'm giving them free stuff and at the same time, I'm telling them about my story and I'm telling them my struggles with depression and I'm telling them you know, why I can help them. Um, and then, I don't know, I, it's, I think I do the first email, the second email on the second day, a third email that I think is like a high value email that, is about answering common questions that people have with mental health and offering like some of my best like tips or whatever. It has links to some of my best podcasts in it. And then a break for like two or three days and then the sales sequence. So it's the welcome sequence, which is three emails like nurturing them high value content, like really good content. And then a break and then the sale. And then they have a chance to buy my stuff. And it's like, you know, if it's not for them, it's not for them. But if they want it and they need it and it can help them, I'm going to give them the chance to buy it. And I'm going to tell them like, hey, here it is. Like you can, you can buy it. I'm going to give you a good deal. Does that make sense? Has the podcast helped your email list? I don't know. The podcast like to me is like, I don't think I'm getting subscribers from it yet. I think the only way you can get subscribers from a podcast is if iTunes or Google Play is promoting your podcast, right? So if someone goes on and is looking for podcasts and yours pops up and they listen to it, you know, then they can subscribe it. But the way people find my podcast, so they're already pretty much subscribed like when they come onto my podcast. But I, I love making my podcast and I my, the thing that has really helped my business with the podcast is a couple things. One, I get, I've gotten really good at like getting on there and talking and saying my message and saying my things, right? And so it's given me a lot of practice at talking, at saying my message, like being powerful, speaking in a powerful way. Like that, it's great. It's great practice 
for that. So if you feel like you don't have a good message or you're not good at speaking powerfully, like get a like start a podcast, like, you know, and no one might listen to it, but it'll be really good practice for you. The second thing that the podcast is good for is networking. And it has really helped my business with networking because I've been down with them, have a conversation on, we do it on video chat. So it's like, I literally get to talk to them for like an hour, you know, people that I admire people, you know, in the industry. And now some of those people are clients of mine so, and I work with them. So that's a substantial amount of income because of the connections I've made on that podcast. Does that make sense? And the blogging can be really isolating, like, especially if you're blogging full time, right? So I'm sitting at my house by myself. <laughs> writing stuff and I might do a guest post or I might collaborate on a post, but all of that is done by email. I'm never talking to anyone. So the podcast has given me a really good way to network and my views are up high enough that I'm able to get good Elise Love on. I've had people that have like followings, you know, and so that's really kind of people that are a little bit higher up than me because I have something to offer them. I have like a really engaged, good audience, you know, that they can tap into. Yep, sure does. I love your affirmations. You say it on your podcast. Oh, thank you guys. <laughs> I love your podcast. Oh, you guys are so sweet. <laughs> so that's the podcast, right? So eventually, like, I would love to grow the podcast to a place where iTunes is promoting it and I'm getting new people. But right now, it's not getting new people. It's just my same people. But I really like doing it. I think it's really helped me in my business. I think it's one of the best things I've done for my business. I also think it gives you, like, a voice of authority, right? It, like, gives you some credibility, like, it makes people are impressed that by the fact that you have a podcast on iTunes. Like, I don't know why, <laughs> because literally anyone could do it, but they are like, you know, when you come to my blog and I have all these podcast episodes and I have, you know, guests on there and people on there and they can hear me talk, like it gives me credibility. Right. And they feel like they know me in a different, more personal way. If you listen to my mental health podcast and you listen to me talk, you know, about depression about the times like you know I was freaking homeless like you know I I tell these stories from my life you get to know me in a lot different way than just reading the blog does that make sense so I think it's a powerful way to serve your audience and a powerful way to connect with them and build like really loyal followings I forgot what I was on okay wait <laughs> let me look I'm going through EBA the more I learn the more I know I don't know I wonder how much I should keep moving forward versus taking a step back and working to refine what I have done even more so I have a more solid base with which to move forward Mary this is hard for me to answer like without knowing specifics but I personally like you guys like know my vibe I feel like I'm personally like walk forward like move forward you know don't look back if if you make mistakes, people spend too long worrying about getting things right and making things perfect and it slows you down, right? If you're, you've got to, you've got to be creating content, like to get success, you have to have a lot of content, like you just do. And it's hard at the beginning to get that base of content and you need practice making content, right? Unless you're like a great writer. Like when I started, my content wasn't that good. So I had to like practice a lot, right? To get my content better and I still want to make it better right but you've got to move forward so you can't like let the idea that you might make a mistake or you might do something wrong slow you down because you can fix it you can freaking fix it like trust me like I had no idea what I was doing when I started blogging like no idea I wasn't on social media I barely you know could work a freaking computer I like the least tech savvy the least social media person you have ever met in your life. Like I literally, before I started blogging, used to take kids on wilderness camping trips in the woods. Like that was my job. <laughs> so, you know, there's no one that, that 
fumbled through this more than me, right? But you have to push yourself to move forward. If you let that idea of like, I don't know what I'm doing, I don't know if this is good enough, blah, blah, blah. that's just what I was saying earlier. That's just procrastinating. And we don't have time to procrastinate because you've got to get that content out. You've got to get a mass amount of content and you've got to build your audience. Like you've got to, you know what I mean? So you don't have time to like mess around with this stuff. You have to have the kind of that sense of urgency as far as producing stuff. And if you're letting all of this stuff slow you down from producing content, like, you know, you can't do that. You've got to be moving forward. You've got to be putting stuff out. You've got to be getting in front of people, especially in the beginning, right? No one's paying attention to you. So you've really got to be fighting kind of for a spot online to talk to people. You've got to get in front of as many people as you can. So don't let this idea of like, I don't know what I'm doing, let's slow you down. I hope that helps you. But, you know, at the same time, like, you know, do the work. Don't rush through things. Like, do the work do a good job, have integrity in your work, right? That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying just like rush through it, like do your work, do it to the best of your ability. But, but you've got to know when you're kind of like bullshitting yourself, you know what I mean? When you're just like dragging your feet because you're scared or because you feel like it's not good enough or because you're scared of making a mistake or you're scared of what people will think or whatever, you've got to be able to know the difference, you know, when you really do need to slow down and when you're you're just you know full of crap um Anna how many of your posts what percentage of your posts do you feel like you spend the most time promoting I've read another successful blogger who had 200 posts but she really only promotes about 70 of her best most popular posts do you find this to be the case for you too I hope that makes sense yeah I promote a very like I still produce a lot of content like that's still my vibe like I still right now I'm doing two blog posts a day again like I still that's still kind of like my deal is like I write a lot I put a lot of stuff out some of it hits and some of it doesn't right that's the name of my game is like I put a lot of stuff out and then I see kind of what's popular and then what does good and then I'll make either more posts related to that or I'll spend time like promoting that right so I'm just trying to get things to catch like that's kind of my strategy for traffic right now with pinterest and i have a big enough pinterest account i can do that i can just kind of throw things out and some of it will catch and some of it won't you know and i don't waste my time really promoting stuff that's not good and then if something catches and it gets traction like traction i'll go back and i'll optimize that post i'll make it longer i'll put more things in it you know i'll make more pins for it all that stuff but if something's not going to get traction I don't put that much, like, not that I don't put that much time in it, but I don't put as much time in it as I do my posts that are popular. And, like, a very small percentage of my posts drive almost all of my traffic. So most of the stuff I make doesn't hit, and that's pretty common, like, for most, almost every blogger, right? You have, like, your top five posts that make up, like, 80% of your traffic. So you're just trying to find, like, one of those top ones to stick. Does that make sense? So I go back and I'll promote other things, especially because Pinterest now is not wanting, they don't want like the same pin on the same board, like often, does that make sense? So you used to be able to like pin the same thing, like once a week, you would just like keep throwing the same pin up and you can't really do that anymore. They want you to space it out a lot. So you don't want to pin the same pin on the same board. I don't know. I'd probably go, I have so much content though. It's really easy for me, right? Because I have, I don't know, hundreds of posts. So I can just go back and I'll pull something. I'll update stuff too. I'll go back to my old posts that aren't doing good. Or if I think something is good and, and it could be popular, I'll go and like mess with it and I'll make a new pin. A lot of my pins from the beginning are like butt ugly because I'm was so bad at graphics. So 
you know, I'll go back to some of those old posts and make new graphics for them and make new pins for them. And it's like, of course, you know, that stuff didn't do good. Like your graphics look like crap. <laughs> and I hope that makes sense. Um, what if you're nervous, you're a niche, won't appeal, going for a tech niche, what games are what age appropriate, how to set YouTube settings to keep kids safe, but there are big gaming media sites and not sure I will ever be able to rank find an audience. That's a limiting belief. That's like totally not true at all. I don't think there's any truth in that. I just, I just don't. There's so many, oh my gosh, there's so many moms struggling with kids and tech and YouTube settings and keeping kids safe online is a huge, huge deal. And if you have wisdom to offer around that, if you have a perspective, if you have experience with that, that you can help other moms through that process, that's invaluable. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter about TechCrunch. It doesn't matter about whatever is out there. You know, there's tons of like big blogs in my niche. Like, you know, a lot of the searches are like Psychology Today and WebMD, but I still rank. Like, I still rank. Like, you can still rank as a small blog. So the way like Google works, the way, well, unlike the way Google, like I'm gonna teach you how Google works. I, I think the way Google works is that if you have a niche down blog, you can rank in Google up there with some of the top sites. Like you can, you can outrank like some of the top sites if you have a niche down site. If you talk about one thing, um, they like that narrow niche. And if you have like a bunch of popular articles all related to the same topic, Google will view you as an expert. So you don't need to feel like you can't compete with those top sites like at all. Like I, I think that this is, I think that this is a limiting belief and I think this is something like you need to look at, like where is this coming from? This idea that like you can't make it. Like I don't, I don't think there's any truth in that. I don't know what you're basing that on, but I feel like that's probably like some kind of confidence issue or some kind of mental block that you're having, right? You're just telling yourself, we tell these, we tell ourselves these like ridiculous stories all the time, right? Like you know, so-and-so is a professional blogger, but I could never do it. Or so-and-so made it in this niche, but that niche is so hard. And it's like, says who? Hard for who? Hard for what? Like compared to what? You know what I mean? That's what I always say. I'm like, compared to what? Like, you know, it's hard to rank in that niche compared to what? Like, you know, and this is such an incredible opportunity that we all have, that you guys have. Like, I hope you realize that. Like, there's so many people that never had the chance to have their own business, especially women. There's so many women that never had their chance like a chance to have their own business at all, like period, like period, you know, end of story. So the chance that the fact that you have a shot is a huge deal. And think of all the women that weren't even allowed to work, you know, that wanted to start businesses or wanted to talk about their passions or still in parts of the world that can't talk